You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Guess what, folks? It's October. A new feel in the air. And you know what? Mike, it's the countdown to Halloween! Howdy! Yeah, I know that's lame, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it is the season to be stupidly spooky silly. Oh, yeah, exactly. And we're going to be doing favorite spooky music, and we have our music crew with us tonight. We do. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't uh, really tried to figure this one out yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to talk all about what kind, what everybody feels like is uh, spooky music, creepy music, uh, what uh, people like to listen to this time of year, what invokes that uh, that creepiness in you. There's a lot of options and a lot of ways we can go. So a lot to talk about later on. And I promise not to touch on the Starland vocal band, Afternoon Delight. You know, that's spooky beyond belief. But yeah. that was the yeah. 70s. There's, there's a lot of creepy songs out there. We're not going to get into creepy songs. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, yeah. None of that... Uh, None of that, you know, saw her by the record machine. She was, oh, she might've been maybe 17. It's like, um, yeah, we're not going to talk about that kind of creepy. Or Ringo Starr singing <laughs> about she's 16, she's beautiful and she's mine. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, Dolly Parton's not going to be mentioned on this show. Um, nope, 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 nope. So too many creep. Those are creepy songs. Not to be confused with spooky songs. We'll be talking about spooky songs and uh, we're going to have some fun doing it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun because who knows what we're going to be coming up with. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys. How has your September been? And welcome to October now, my friends. October is actually going to be kind of weird for us because we got brand new movies coming out that we are going to be reviewing in the middle of the countdown to Halloween, too. So... We'll see how it goes, and it should be a ton of fun, though. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Of course, it's feedback at earthstation1.com. Definitely write us. Tell us how you guys are doing. And, of course, we definitely would love to hear about how things are, how things are going with everybody, how's your health, how's your life. What are you guys going to do for Halloween? Are you guys going to go full out and have Halloween parties? Are you going to do trick-and-treating with the kids? You know, we Definitely want to know because this is, you know, we're just starting to kind of get back to normal. So whatever normal is anymore. So it just will be kind of interesting to do. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Feedback at ourstation1.com. Also a big shout out to our friends over at Tifosi Optical. You know, Tifosi Optical is an amazing place for sunglasses, for working glasses, for safety goggles, for biker glasses. And, you know, even, you know, athletic glasses. It's pretty cool what they have there. And, you know, everyone just thinks, oh, it's a sunglass site. It's so much more. You also have safety shields if you're an essential worker out there. And they are still doing their thing, folks. Thank them every day whenever you see them. But definitely check it out to Fuzzy Optical where you can, you know, get pretty much any kind of glasses and they do take prescription glasses too. So it's even more cool. Definitely check it out to fuzzyoptics.com. If you want 10% off your order, put in the coupon code earthstation one at to and tell them earthstation one sent you. 
And now we're here with new friends of the show, Jason and Ricky of the band Pured. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Yeah, welcome to the station, Ricky. Thanks for showing up a little bit early before our segment. And and Jason, welcome to the station. Welcome to Air Station One, man. Well, thank you. So so tell Happy us here. about about how long uh, you know Pured has been in existence. How did how did Pured come to be? Ah, uh, yeah, I just. I've always loved music, and uh, uh, it was was, the Pure Ed actually came after I met uh, Ricky, uh, I think in 2001, 2002. He actually, him and his band played a show there uh, in my hometown, and I heard uh, Devo's Whip It. No one played that, so (laughs) I uh, walked in. It's like, okay, what the hell? Okay. Check them out, and then I think uh, Pure Ed officially became a band. Uh, when did y'all release Pure, Ricky? Uh, that would have been like 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. Yeah, it, it was probably 2002 when I, I, I created Pure Ed. Because Pure Ed is, uh, I love that song that uh his his band did pure and then uh ed was uh kind of you know homage to my father and nirvana because nirvana had a band called uh red ed fred so it's kind of a kind of like homage to you know my father nirvana and and ricky's uh band so and at the time, I wasn't involved with Pure Ed. Jason and I were just friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, we, and surprisingly, friends. I'm surprised he he he's <laughs> like came over to my house. I invited him over to come eat some uh, dinner one night when their band was there, and I was surprised they came over. So, and we've been friends ever since. So it's been nice. <laughs> You mentioned uh, you mentioned Nirvana just a little way ago, and it does seem like your band and your music is associated with grunge, uh, very much so. Uh, yes, very much. Uh, uh, my best friend, uh, um, who had internet at the time when I uh, did, um, I, I got grounded for the whole summer of '96, and. Uh, he gave me every Nirvana song there was on tab, but half that shit. Oh, sorry. Half that stuff was wrong. Um, so it was like he kind of like learned some stuff. He learned other stuff and it was uh, hit and miss. So it was, it was fun, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, what I did learn, I was able to learn and it just kind of, became part of my style, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely is uh, something that is a part of me. And, you know, got, I got a little bit of tattoo artwork for Nirvana on my, my arm. So it's, uh, it's definitely a part of me. I got to meet uh, Chris Novoselic uh, on uh, my... 38th birthday in Seattle, which oh, was really awesome. Very cool. 
I guess some would say that's the place of grunge. Um, yes, but, definitely. Um, but in particular, the, it's not just the music, but just the 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 no compromise attitude of the music is uh, it's more like it's more than just music right i i i just it it's freedom it just makes me feel good it it's uh it's a different kind of high mm-hmm. that you get when you're when you're on stage and you just get to enjoy people enjoying your music and there's been a few I think one or two times we actually had some people singing along I think right <laughs> Ricky cool. that is correct and that is always I, amazing. I, 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 I do remember remember some of those <laughs> uh, <so>. yeah <laughs> yes we Very had some wonderful shows that you don't remember at all <laughs> yes yes well, you guys have been touring yes. and doing a lot of uh, shows for a while now. And I know, understand that one of the highlights, of course, was when you went over to uh, England. Was oh, that a couple years ago now? Yeah, that was uh, 2017. And I should say, I joined the band um, pretty early on and started playing with them and uh, producing the first officially released album back in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and before that, we had toured together. Um, we had gone out, done a West Coast tour. Uh, we'd done a lot in the Southeast for years. We'd done a lot in the Southeast, but uh, 2017, that tour in Europe was just amazing. Mostly because we had just, Jason had just been on the cover of uh, Grunge magazine. And yes. they had a feature article uh, on Is London the New Seattle? Because there's so many grunge bands over there at the time. So a lot of the bands that were featured in that article knew about us because we were on the cover of the magazine that they were featured on. And they thought we were. <laughs> really big in the United States, which yeah, not so much the case. Yeah. But but we went over there and um, it it was amazing. One show in particular in, uh, in Guilford, they had, they had hired a photographer to come and set up and take pictures of people with us (laughs) because (laughs) they thought that we were so famous that it was like being at a con. But, well, what's cool was also that that music store was playing our our our, our album too. We went right. in there, yes, and then and then that music store also called in to a studio that said that they that we were in their studio or their their store at the time too. It was, it was That's right. Really cool. We went into a record store and they were playing Pure Ed in the store, which was absolutely mind blowing. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and, it was, hila- and, and, it was and, hilarious. More, more, more than awesome, but hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it must be surreal. I can only imagine. Um, as far as, um, as far as being in the studio, as far as producing albums, I understand you're working on one now. Is that correct? That's right. Yes, it's, it's a little bit late, but it is almost yeah. done. 
I said better late than never, right? That's right. Sure. Sure. We uh we are I think one of my two, song, two songs, I think uh I think we're like two two vocals. We got three. I have one I have to do as well. Oh yeah, that's right. I got a backing track on one of the songs that I need to do and you have two tr- two tracks you need to do. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're three vocal tracks away from being done with recording. And we've already started some of the pre-mixing. So we're, we're really in the home stretch now. And uh, it's been a pretty long ride. So we're looking forward to getting the album out. Yeah, I had bad writer's block for a while. So, Well, definitely during the, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. It's me personally, too, during the pandemic. It was just not really a great fertile time for a lot of folks. So, But I'm glad to see that you guys are, are are putting things together and i look forward to hearing the new album i always i always enjoy seeing your album covers because a lot of times uh, the music is cool but i i love the uh artwork by tiki zombie artist peter cutler on most of your albums so that, that's always that's right. awesome to see he has yeah, done yeah. uh a full-length album and everyone three eps for us nice yeah. nice uh, great work. So, um, so, so I don't know if he's going to do this next album cover. I don't know who's going to do this one. Yeah, well, uh, so, uh, I, I, I can weird. I can tell you that he can only do it after he finishes the Tiki Zombie book <laughs> that he's working on now. So, uh, so you have to talk to him about that. But, um, but very cool. Well, before we get to the geek seat, where can people go to check out your music and and see more about you guys online? YouTube, Spotify, all of the places that they can find this podcast uh that have you know music as well um amazon uh they can find pure ed it's p-u-r-e space e-d and uh the song that you're gonna find first is called work sucks so if you look up pure ed work sucks that's uh the the song that we've had the most success with over the years I wrote that while I was a dishwasher. Well, actually, I was hosting, and a dishwasher quit on us, and I had to dishwash. Yeah. And uh, um, this friend came in and said, hey, we're doing this open mic next door tonight. I was like, oh, cool. And this is the first song I've ever done vocals and then went home and wrote a song and that night I, I I played it. It was really cool. It was totally different than what it sounds tonight or what it sounds now, but uh, it was a rough draft, but it was so cool. It was in the so dishwashing inspired you. <laughs> it, the dishwasher that always asks, do we get paid this Friday? I knew he was going to quit. So I knew I would be dishwashing uh, for that person. So it's like, yes, I hate that person. Well, uh, kind of now too. And uh, you can also look up pureedband.com and you can find us on Facebook. Gotcha. And we'll yep. definitely have links to those in our show notes. And, uh, uh, and and Mike, I think uh, I think you know the guys wash dishes, so I think he's used to like dirty work. So the geek seat should be right up his. Uh, oh, this should be a piece of cake for him. You know, if he you know cleaned up 
dishes and some of the dishes I've seen at <laughs> restaurants and such. You know, this man is a brave soul. So I think Drop him in, right guys. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Are, are we a PG uh, a program here? Because I could tell you a horror story that we we've been having lately, but. No, let's keep it a PG thirteen. I'm not going that way. Yeah, we do have so, people who do uh, listen with their kids. So. I we, we ain't going that way. So yeah, exactly. I, I am a babysitter of adults that should not be babysat. Exactly. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. That. <laughs> so, Jason, ready for your first question? I don't know. This is kind of scary. Oh, it's, it's super simple. You know, it only hurts for the first one. It only hurts for the first 15 minutes or so, so it's okay. <laughs> Jason, right. what was your favorite geek out moment? Geek out moment, huh? Uh, like, like first ever? Like, that, that got whatever, me into... It could, it could be whatever you being, wish. This is your segment, man. Yeah. Uh, it's probably Goonies. Really? What about Goonies? That geeked you out the most? Yeah, yeah it, it was just like how yeah that that adventure. I yeah, I, I I'll you know me and I, you know back in that day, I had this you know couple friends. It was like man, we should go on that adventure, but I lived on the East Coast and it kind of sucked. So you didn't really have that cool East Coast caverns and so you can <laughs> get into you know. Hidden, hidden caverns. So, sure. um, yeah, I, th- no. I think that was my first geek out. Really, was was that, and then uh, just got me into that. That got me into fantasy, and then yeah, and then definitely, uh, definitely uh, elaborate. Nope, totally understand that. What was your favorite, most disappointing geek out moment, though? Oh, most deep disappointment. Oh, the He-Man movie, Masters of the Universe. You're not the first person to say that, so I, you know, I remember how bad that was. But I actually can still watch that because um, that is my uh, my passion. I have uh, that tattooed on my uh, left shoulder and. And chess. I have Battle Cat and Panther tattooed there for my yin and yang kind of thing. Yep, I totally understand that. Totally see that. What geeks you out the most? <sighs> oh, man. I, I guess uh, I love Masters. Uh, Master of the Universe, uh, X Men. Um, I'm a big gamer. Nirvana. Okay. I, that's very awesome, and it seems like you have a lot of passion there, my friend. What turns your geek off? Turns my geek off. Oh, um. It's probably gonna hate. I'm probably gonna get a bunch of hate for this. Uh, it's okay. I'm not a big. I'm not a big anime fan. That's okay. I I, I just I I, I I I some of it I get, 
but some of it I just don't. So sorry, guys. If if y'all anime fans don't hate, um, I just don't get. And I tried. Just <laughs> I just don't know. No, understandable. Completely understandable. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? What character would I like to meet most? Yep. Um, probably what's well, you probably won't can't you can't probably see good on my 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 arm. Oh wait, there you can't see now. Nope. Um, no, now you can't at all. Well, also remember we are Sorry, a, I, audio only I, I, podcast. Oh well, I was going to try to show y'all guys, but yeah, you can't see it stark in here. I got Gambit on my my right shoulder. So you'd so like to meet Gambit? I'd love. Oh, I'd love to hang out with him. But, you know, uh, uh, if not him, I'd love to uh, have a pipe with Gandalf. Okay. Yeah, you know, he 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 he'd be kind of cool to hang out with. Um, and if not him, I would. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, um, damn, uh, Sean Connery. I, I would like to have a whiskey with him. That'd be nice. That doesn't sound so bad. That would definitely not. Very cool. That would be very cool. What fictional character would you not like to meet? Who I would not like to meet? Uh, um, oh, wow. That's kind of, yeah. I don't know. I kind of would like to meet all these characters, just, you know, even if they would kill me. Yeah, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. Okay. You know. Hi, Mr. Joker. Can I get yeah, your I'll, autograph? I'll die laughing, but it's okay. Exactly. Um, get, get, give me Skeletor. You know, I want to go up to him and be like, "Hey, uh, can I, can I, can I have your autograph?" And I hope he smites me, you know, and calls me a, a fool. Though I did get to meet the guy that did the original voice for Skeletor back. Uh, couple years ago so it was really cool That's he did awesome. call me uh he he did call me a, a, a numbskull so in hmm. that video so it was kind of cool that's nice. even better nice that's really awesome man what is your favorite geek word phrase quote or pose <sighs> cool beans i could see that uh, I, 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 um I, I, I'm old school cool beans. Uh, 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 that, that's my go-to. That works. Our, 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 our rock on. <laughs> that's yeah. nice. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm cheesy and old. <laughs> oh, welcome to the club, my friend. Welcome to <laughs> yeah, the club. Absolutely. You're surrounded by your own kind here with that. So that's good. It, yeah. I, I work at the bucket bunch of young kids so when I, I i quote movies and stuff they're they look at me and they're like what the what what are you talking about I'm like oh just watch what watch waiting watch this or watch this i'm like just 
That's awesome. Yeah, enjoy yourself. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. What is your ideal geek occupation? Geek occupation. And I, I, I do it. I, I'm playing my. In, oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm playing in a band. Oh. Yeah. I, I get to do that. I get to enjoy the stage life whenever we get to play. Um, that is the best feeling ever. Um, no matter what. Um, I, I love being up there. You know, we, we can play in front of three people. We can play in front of 50 people. And I will still give it whatever I can and everything I can. That's awesome. So. I love it. That's awesome. What geek occupation would you not like to do, though? The, the Daily Beagle. <laughs> I would okay. work for them. That is okay. I could see that. I could totally understand. I, I, I just, I don't think I could work for uh, JJ. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I would have to uh, walk out and uh, with a couple fingers uh, up in there, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I can, I can work there. <laughs> Even though I can get him some good Spider-Man pictures, but yeah, I'll just go to the other guy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. All right, Jason, are you ready for your final question in the geek seat? Oh, all right. Let's try this. All right. Has it been better than you thought it was going to be? <laughs> you know, it, it felt like a you know, smooth pandas, but you know, it, it was really good. Okay, fair enough. All right, Jason. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? Ultimate geek fantasy. Oh, man. You know, to, to actually yeah, go to uh, Comic-Con and meet like, some, a lot of the people there. That would be really cool. That that'd be really, really like my geek fantasy, but don't know if that will ever happen right now with what's going on. But it would be cool to to ever go there for that. That that'd be my geek geek fantasy. Or actually, actually, I will, I'll I'll take that back for Pure Ed to play Comic Con. There you go. Uh, All that, right, that, that's awesome. That that would be better. Um, though we do, what was Ricky? You still there? Yeah, I'm here. What was the, what was con that we play? We played, played uh, this Matrotham year. Matrotham con. Matrotham con in Tennessee. Yep. And we're playing there again, uh, in, in 2022. 2022. Nice. So, so you're on your way. uh, yep, yep, yep. We just need to get more West. <laughs> um, That's though, awesome. though we though we have played west we we have played uh the whiskey the viper room and yeah so very nice Dude, um, that is awesome buddy that is awesome well jason i've got some great news for you 
You've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Huzzah. 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 Nice. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $10.47. Um, <laughs> I, uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and really excited that you guys are working on a new album and should be released soon. That's, uh, that's awesome to hear, man. Is there any place that you're, uh, any place that you're playing pretty soon that you want people to know about? Ricky? Uh, <laughs> we are doing a show coming up in South Carolina as part of a uh, benefit concert where we'll be doing uh, an all Nirvana show under the name Nevermind the Bleach, where we'll be playing a bunch of Nirvana songs and a couple of Pure Ed songs with, uh, with some other great bands. Awesome. And that, awesome. Is, uh, that is the October the 10th, and it is uh, next – so that's next Sunday. Mm-hmm. And yep. there's um, – information about that if you go to facebook and you go to the radio cult page on facebook awesome awesome well we will have links to that and uh your other stuff on our show notes so that people can check out your work thanks so much for joining us thank you thank Thank you you. thank you guys for having us let's take a quick break and we will be back in a moment and we are going to be looking at favorite spooky tunes This is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. It is finally time for Bond Weekend with the last Daniel Craig outing as the character, which is called No Time to Die. I'm really looking forward to this one just because it feels like this movie was postponed a billion times due to COVID. And also, Daniel Craig was the Bond who really got me into this franchise. And it's kind of bittersweet, of course, whenever you have to say goodbye to the character, similar to whenever the doctor leaves the TARDIS for the last time and we get a new regeneration. But I think it is key for franchises like this. You have to keep innovating, keep doing new things. And not only am I excited to see the final Daniel Craig performance as Bond, but also to see what comes next with the franchise. Bond is definitely a classic, stylish film franchise that is really key to the spy genre. But, you know, we have to also be honest, there are some things about the franchise that are kind of dated, like Bond did not always treat women the best. And there's some sexism and some other things in those movies that haven't aged as well today if we're willing to watch them and be really honest with ourselves. So something I think that Daniel Craig did really well was help bring Bond, the things we love about the character, into a new time. And I think it's time for the movie to evolve again. There's also been quite a bit of debate about whether there or not there should be a female Bond character I'm happy either way. I like the suggestion of 007 being a title that can be passed on to any spy. It doesn't necessarily just have to be James Bond, could be a female character, or the idea that James Bond is just kind of retired and then you have a spinoff with a brand new female character. I think either one would be cool, but I would definitely like to see 
the next Bond film really push the boundaries of the franchise and give us something really fresh and new. And that's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website, planning to write about the Lego Star Wars Halloween special, and also, of course, a review of the new Bond film. And welcome to Cigar Nerd Summer. It's hot outside, time to fire up the grill, and of course, fire up some stogies. You know, the beaches are open, and movies are back. So now, we're going to be coming at you with brand new movies, and also, brand new cigars. So, break out your tank tops, fire up the grill, lay out your beach blanket, and make us your summer destination. CigarNerdPodcast.com, also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. Welcome back to Earth Station One. Now we are here for the music segment, and we are talking about our favorite spooky tunes. Take it away, Mikey. Let's be yes. haunted. <laughs> wow. Uh, yes, as we mentioned at the beginning, the countdown to Halloween has begun, and uh, we are going to talk about the music that spooks us. Um, and uh, we have our music crew here with us. We have Michelle. Woo! Hi. Howdy. And, of course, Ricky and Bambi are here as well. Hello. Hello, meow, meow. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but um, this is one of my favorite times of year. And um, a lot of it is is music-based. There's a lot of cool, what I call spooky music out there. And we'll get into our own definitions of uh, what we consider spooky music out there. But, man, I have a playlist and everything, and it just seems like uh, there's no end to the uh, number of tracks I can put on there. No, agreed completely on that. It's pretty awesome how much, you know, music that can haunt you. And some songs affect people differently. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. Yeah. Some might surprise you. Some might say, what? What are you talking about? But it's going to be awesome to do. So, uh, you know, just business as usual. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, maybe like the first earliest spooky tune maybe you might kind of remember hearing as a kid maybe something that was like oh this is cool but it's kind of spooky um uh maybe something that was from a halloween special or whatever i'll i'll go first because i think this one is going to be named at some point during our discussion because it seems to be just uh uh something that you have to put in there but i think um monster mash was probably the first one that I ever heard that was kind of like, oh, this is a song especially about, like, monsters. And it usually was played around uh, Halloween. Um, and uh, and now I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the artist that did Monster Mash. Anybody? Bobby Pickett. Bobby, oh, Bobby Pickett. Pickett, yeah. Actually, was it Bobby Boris Pickett, I think, was yeah. how he went by? Yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah, when I was a kid, my parents had, they bought us the 45 for it. It was played on the radio. Yeah, it was it was just awesome. And, you know, it was fun. And it was all age-friendly, which was nice, too. Yeah, 
I mean, it was something that I heard at, uh, you know, different Halloween parties. Um, it just was always there. I think, you know, all the, 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 the Halloween specials, you know, like Paul Land and all them, when they were doing their Halloween specials, Donnie and Marie, they always had to cover Monster Mash because uh, it is a graveyard smash. <laughs> nice. <laughs> says so right in the song. <laughs> uh, um, Michelle, what about you? Can you think of, uh, like, uh, is there another song that maybe as a kid you kind of heard first and was like, this is definitely a Halloween song? When I was a kid, I had this on a 7-inch 45. It was on Virgin Records with the original psychedelic hippy-dippy uh, label that they used to have um, with the, the two women. And it's not in itself a spooky song, but it got a spooky connotation because it was used in the movie The Exorcist and became known as the theme to The Exorcist. Oh. Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Oh, it's so amazing. It is an amazing, amazing song. Yeah. It it is. And the B-side, I used to love to play the B-side. It was totally bonkers. It was a separate section, I think, of the song because the song is like the entire album, I think. It's like 40 minutes long. But it's a different section. And this man with this posh British accent introducing all the instruments as he brought them in, including two slightly distorted guitars and the, glock, <laughs> the glockenspiel. So, yeah, at 11, I just thought that was... Those sound uh, spooky in themselves. <laughs> it was a, distorted guitars. Slightly distorted. Guitars. Slightly distorted. <laughs> so, yeah. That, I, I found that on YouTube the other day. So if you ever want to hear the bonkers B-side of uh, Tubular Bells, check it out. <laughs> But yeah, Tubio Bells is yeah. You're right. Probably wasn't written as a spooky tune, but thanks to The Exorcist, boom, it uh, has that reputation. Probably most people think of it that yeah. from uh, The Exorcist now. Um, and yeah, a lot of music was like that. Um, you know, it's not creepy until David Lynch puts it in something, and then it's like, oh, that's a creepy song now. Um, <laughs> um, Bambi, what about you? Well, my, I actually have two, I guess, because I don't actually know which one came first. And it wasn't Monster Mash, believe it or not. It was either Thriller by Michael Jackson uh, yeah. or uh, Purple People Eater. I don't know which ah. one came first. Yes. Purple One-eyed People Eater. One-Horned Flying Purple People Eater. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Purple People Eater is certainly the older song. Oh, yeah, um, older than all of us on that show. <laughs> I think so. Um, at least the version that I heard, because I think we that was like that went that was the song that went hand in hand with Monster Mash. Um, and again, I can't remember who did Purple. Sheb Woolley. Ah, Sheb Woolley. Who was also on the show Rawhide. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> why you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but that's a cool track. And Thriller, yes, of course. That's yeah. another one that's probably a, a must as far as everybody's concerned and so influential, especially the video. Yeah, I can remember. I, could, I think uh, everybody my age or whatever, you know, uh, old, remembers where they were when that video premiered. It was epic. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Epic. Well, yeah. I mean, it was epic records, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, the puns will continue. So uh, just prepare yourself. Um, <laughs> Ricky? <laughs> well, for me, it was probably the Wicked Witch's theme song from The Wizard of Oz. Good call there, yeah. Because as a kid, that just... I mean, I remember watching that movie when I was 
really young. That's one of my earliest memories of watching anything mm-hmm. and man that scared me oh i could totally understand that especially the yeah. scene when dorothy is in the tornado still and she sees the lady on the bike and then she turns into the witch yeah it is that's your first glimpse of the witch yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, so for, yeah. for me that that music i may have heard monster mash first but i i don't know that i did but either way, the first music that I can think of scaring me was the music that went with the Wizard of Oz, Wicked Witch. Yeah, because anytime you that. heard that out of context, it was probably right back into that image. Yeah. And, you know, especially things that uh, affect you strongly when you're young, they still have a little bit of that power even when you hear them later in life. So I, it, I, I certainly don't anywhere near get the same reaction response that I did when I was really young. But even as an older child, uh, I still got a little bit creeped out by that music uh, or, or even those scenes. If I was watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Understandable yeah. completely. It's uh, certainly not something I ever had on a 45 single, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but when we talk about spooky music, I think, music that I saw on television, even if it was music from a movie that I was watching on television, uh, the earliest movie songs that or soundtracks that were eerie or creepy would be the songs that I think of, or the music that I think of as being my first experiences with creepy music. No, thinking of it that way, mine might've been Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. After that, I wouldn't go into the ocean that whole summer. Uh, <laughs> and you didn't even live near Martha's Vineyard. No, uh, but I lived I, at the time. I lived by Sandy Hook in New Jersey, so it was close. Well, New Jersey that's Shore. Reason. That's reason enough. Uh, exactly. But uh, that's creepy enough. Uh, Mike, what about you? It's the early anything earlier than that? Oh yeah. Um, let's go with. Uh, Toccata in D minor by Bach. Mm. And because, you know, that everyone. Might be, that, might have, that might be the oldest track we discussed today. <laughs> oh, yeah. most likely. But, it, but, but for Halloween, it is one of the most iconic. It's and, hauntingly beautiful. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Anytime you hear anyone on the organ, you yeah. want to hear them play. Da, 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 da. And it's just, it's awesome. And I loved it when we saw Weird Al in concert. He actually tied it into his performance. When um, at, towards the end of the show, they all come out dressed as Star Wars Jedi and everything, except for the keyboardist who comes out as the Emperor, and he starts playing the key. He starts playing the uh, Toccata, and it's just awesome. And he starts playing it, and then he slowly goes into um, the baseball thing. You know, he goes from it <laughs> right. and he goes into da 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 da, and the audience goes char. You know, da 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 da, and then they go into the uh, the Star Wars song and everything. It's pretty awesome. I uh, I, I probably heard that. Um, well, in, visually, when I think of that song, the, the the visual that I I, I put in my head is um, 
from the Lon Chaney version of Phantom of the Opera, which is a silent movie, mm-hmm. but I think they used that track. I don't know if they originally did when the movie first came out in theaters, but certainly on re-release, I think that song, because at that time it was, it was uh, fair use. So they could just use that song uh, for, you know, and it was fine. It was fantastic. And it was, I mean, it's perfect for that scene where he's at the, at the organ. Oh yeah. And it, it, it is so iconic and that when you think of organ music, I think that's one of the first two songs and then the other one is a paler shade of gray, I think. You know. <laughs> Talk about songs that te- and like stand the test of time. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> well, it is interesting because a lot of us have chosen music that are from a movie or TV or certainly associated with something visually. Um, and I wonder if in your experience with this kind of music, if that's necessary. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of music, especially even now where there's a lot of bands and a lot of artists that sort of, um, uh, feature music or or their whole image around that sort of horror rock theme. Right. I I guess is that what is that? Is that, is that a, a, uh, fair uh, description of that genre? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah. horror rock, and then more specifically, you com- maybe a little bit more commonly hear horror punk, mm-hmm. but horror punk I would consider a subcategory of horror rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I agree but with also that. Also, like like the whole goth, you know, thing, which yep. isn't the same which thing. Which is neither at all. neither yes. horror rock nor horror. But punk. it still but has there could that. be crossover. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly that period where I I was in the 80s listening to a lot of goth music, late 80s, 90s, that that sort of thing. Yes, that that I have a lot of those feature those songs on my on my spooky tunes playlist because there's that there's that ominous tone to most of them. Um, The deep voice, the the imagery, the, the everybody's wearing black. You know, like oh, exactly. Or listen to anything by the Smiths. You'll get depressed no, in no time. You know? I don't think it, the Smiths I would not put in that category. No. But like no. Sisters of Mercy, uh, The Cure, um, mm-hmm. I would put in those categories. <laughs> yeah, Bauhaus. Oh, big <laughs> yeah, oh, I kind of founded it with the song Bella Lugosi's Dead off of yeah. the movie The Hunger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it, yeah, I wasn't aware. I don't know if that song was around before the movie, but certainly that movie opens with uh, the Bauhaus track, and it's yeah. it's yeah. very striking. What year did the movie come out? Uh, it's oh, early '80s. I know that. Yeah, because I thought the song was '79. Yeah, Some, be, somewhere I, around there. I just know that that opening scene with the song is often credited as the start of the goth movement. It's kind of like grunge. It feels like kind of really made it big with uh, smells like teen spirit. Whereas the goth movement, goth movement kind of came to be from Bauhaus doing Bella Lugosi's dead in the soundtrack opening scene of the hunger. Yeah. Cause when I was, when I was a kid, a lot of the music that I would consider like spooky tunes, like Monster Mash and, and Purple People Eater, those were like considered novelty songs. And they would be, you would find them on collections. Like I had a couple of collections of like novelty songs, like from Kate Taylor or whatever. And, uh, they would have those, but then they would also have like, 
Hello, Mother, Hello, Father. And, and they would have like Disco Duck or something like, like they'd have these songs on there that were kind of novelty acts rather than um, be their own sort of genre. Right. Like Pac-Man Fever. Like Pac-Man Fever. Oh, right? talk about a scary song right there. Woof. <laughs> or Disco Duck, you know? So For uh, me, uh-huh. the the spooky tunes, uh, I, I'm not going to say the ones I like the best. I'm going to say what I want out of spooky tunes um, around Halloween. My favorite uh, type of spookiness is the campy kind of spooky of the uh, horror movie hosts that did not take themselves seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love things that are based on the universal monsters and parodies of the universal monsters, but I really like the lighthearted family friendly versions of, of those things that don't take themselves too seriously. So if you go back all the way to screaming Lord such Mm-hmm. and then go forward a few years to Alice Cooper and then the spookier side of Kiss um, up through the Misfits and then just all of the bands in the, the 2000s who did um, horror rock and horror punk. I really am a lot more attracted to the ones who, like Alice Cooper often did, um, really have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And and don't take themselves or the genre too seriously. Yeah, Alice those, Cooper those are perfect, my, perfect my favorite example type. of that. Oh yeah, Alice yeah. Cooper had fun with it. Yeah, and, he took and it later to on, I would I would include like you know White Zombie in there too, and Rob, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson, and or yeah. even Ozzy Osbourne yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, yeah. some, there's somebody we have to go back to. If we're going to talk about all these people, mm-hmm. we have to talk about Screaming Jay Hawkins. I was oh. going to bring him up. I was um, like, he, he put a curse on you. Yes. <laughs> he was classically trained and he wrote and did the original version of I Put a Spell on You. Um, he did shows coming out of a coffin. He had voodoo stage props and he had a, before Iron Maiden had Eddie, he had a smoking skull on a stick named Henry. And in the 50s, <laughs> this this frightened people. People <laughs> ran out of his shows. People did not know how to deal with this. Um, putting a little social commentary in there. Part of it may have been that he was black. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that giant bone thing through his nose. The bone through his nose. But... Yeah. He he wrote that for a long, long time, and his um, Vox.com called him a goth icon. He also had a song in 57 called Frenzy that they put on songs on the key of X. Hmm. The sound, the, uh, oh, the X-Files. Not soundtrack, but the... Yeah, the, the, the inspired. For, yeah. yeah, inspired by uh, X-Files. And later on... The song the- from 57 was inspired by a TV show from the 90s? No, no, the album no. was inspired by the- yeah. oh. <laughs> like, there, the, no. there was an album called Songs in the Key of X, which was music yeah. that like was like inspired the yeah. X-Files. And, and they, they put Frenzy on there. Yeah. And before he died in, I think, 2001, but um, before he passed, he uh, appeared with Dred Zeppelin. He was on one of their albums. He toured with The Clash. He toured with Nick Cave, which is just very strange. Um, Jim Jarmusch puts... Awesome. 
put the songs, uh, but I put a spell on you into Stranger Than Paradise. So um, before we had Alice Cooper or Marilyn Manson or any of that, we got to tip the hat to Screaming Jay. Oh, completely. Agree completely with that. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, What's uh, Bambi, what about from you and what's another band or artist that you associate with that kind of style or music? Well, my, my probably my favorite or at least one of my top top favorite bands is typo negative they don't mm. take them well they didn't take themselves seriously the singer passed away in 2010 but they're very horror and have a lot of horror imagery i guess that goes with it but more in the goth sense so that's those are my boys <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm guessing that none of you probably are familiar with them. <laughs> I'm a little familiar with them, not like a lot, but I but I'm I've heard of them. And I, I would think know. that you might know the song Black Number One. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, that's it's singing about a goth girl. Hmm. So. That'll do it. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> As an interesting side note about uh, Bambi and Typo Negative, they played their songs very slowly. I mean, they they were just a dirge. It, it was really, really slow. Their first album, Slow, Deep, and Hard. <laughs> very descriptive. <laughs> well, okay. And, uh, <laughs> That's another kind of genre that we may get to at some point. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> That's the description of their music, just saying. But where I was going with that was uh, they did a cover of Summer Breeze. Mm-hmm. And they slowed it way down. And uh, when it's not Bambi a first song to begin with, <laughs> right? <laughs> and when Bambi first heard the original, she said, "This is so fast!" <laughs> wow, <laughs> singing it. Well, the singer for Typo Negative has a very, very deep voice. Mm. So it's interesting when Summer Breeze comes on, and it's the one that I'm familiar with. And she says, this is so fast. It sounds like a record that's been sped up. And the singer sounds like chipmunks. It was like, I didn't know it was a cover when I first heard it. So she thought that was a sped up cover of, uh, <laughs> of the Typo Negative song, which was very amusing to me. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, is there another artist or band that you uh, associate with this kind of music? Well, there's different ones. Like we had mentioned Alice Cooper and, you know, you had that. And then you also had Black Sabbath and you had, you know, bands like that. But it's always interesting because with the spooky, you know, some bands who you don't, you know, associate with it also do very spooky songs. You know, bands like Pink Floyd or, you know, even a band like Electric Light Orchestra did an amazing song called Fire on High, which is all instrumental orchestra. And it was just amazing because you don't expect that from the same band that does Mr. Blue Sky and Telephone Line and Don't Bring Me Down to do this like six minute, you know, operatic, you know, music that basically sounds like it's coming out of right out of hell. And mm. it is just awesome. It, is, and it blew me away the first time I heard it. 
Santana, Black Magic Woman. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And right. you know, you also <laughs> right. exactly. And it's just it's just awesome. Even Elton John, you know, funeral for a friend. The you know the whole instrumental at the beginning of it. It's like a it's a ten minute song that he does, and the first seven minutes is all you know just you know goth at its best, and it's pretty awesome. Love it. My uh, my favorite album, and this this artist uh, this artist is not really known for spooky stuff, but I mean I think their some of their songs definitely can be put in that category, but. Um, Every Halloween ish, or even if it's not Halloween, I like this album. So, but it, but start to finish, it's full of tracks that are applicable here. Kind of like what Ricky was saying about how they're sort of like monster related, but they're also campy and they, they, they're fun to listen to. They have a, like a little party atmosphere. And that is, uh, Oingo Boingo with, oh, uh, yeah. God, Dead yes, with, with Dead yeah. Man's Party. That album start to finish is just one big celebration of, of spooky yeah. fun music. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much. Well, if you listen to pretty much all of Oingo Boingo, it does that is all true. But yeah. I mean, they're they, they, like, they have a track or two on other albums, but that album was like, we're just going to go full bore. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but it was always very, you know, Danny Elfman was always very big into the macabre into the supernatural. Yeah. And yeah. even and that would cl- double down on that later. Oh, of course, when he went into his soundtracks and such. Yep. It's just, you know, it's just amazing what he's done. And actually, I just picked up his new solo album, and it continues into that. And oh, yeah? It is just awesome. Well, apart from his soundtracks, his scores, which always have an ominous tone to them as well, I mean, I think the other thing that he's probably best known for is the soundtrack to um, Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Yeah. Didn't he do... Uh the 89 batman yes yeah oh, but yeah. i mean as far as as far as like you know that's that's a more of a score right but um mm-hmm. but nightmare before christmas has a lot of like spooky tunes like, yeah. like oh yeah. and uh that's yeah that's where i was going with that because yeah obviously i mean and i think batman is one of his better soundtracks because it it actually has a theme that you can sort of recognize and st- it stands out rather than sort of some of his other soundtracks are just kind of ominous music and that's it <laughs> like, like you can't really find a theme um but uh no but he's good at setting that tone batman animated series didn't he well that was a spinoff of the of, of the, the original, the original theme. of the batman soundtrack yeah yeah but it's like he but he did beetlejuice he did you yeah. know all this different you know tim burton movies Pretty much. I was say, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, ex- well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And actually, probably about almost like, 20 years ago, he put out a, you know, best of his, you know, scores and his soundtracks mm-hmm. and that he did. And if you can ever get hold of it, because it's out of print now, it is just amazing to get. The band for me that I wanted to sound one way and usually didn't was kiss. (laughs) (laughs) I remember seeing them when I was about five years old, just seeing their pictures and thinking, man, these guys, these guys are going to sound scary. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you hear Christine 16, you know, it's like, there's nothing scary about that song at all. All night. Party yeah. every day. Oh, yeah. Detroit City loud. Rock. Just, yeah. No. Like, yeah. But 
they did have God of Thunder. Yeah. Yep. There's one. And that's what I expected most of their songs to sound like. So Kiss had the look, but they did not sound like what I I was expecting from them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a little bit it's you know, later on when they did their last album with the original lineup or whatever, as much as it is they could really. But Psycho Circus was kind of like a lot of that, but it it still wasn't. I mean, it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was an attempt. It was an attempt. Yeah, it was like you expect like all this dark music, and then Beth comes out of their mouths. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, on the Paul Lynn pick it up when special. they took the makeup off. I remember that. That was the first time I ever saw Kiss. <laughs> wow. What did they? What song did they do on the uh, Paul and Beth? Beth. Did they they did. Uh, Beth. Well, they they did Beth with with the band awkwardly standing around the piano. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But, but they also did uh, Detroit Rock City in yeah. the second half of the show, where they kept doing an effect where they would spin the yes. camera, which made it really difficult for yeah. me to watch. <laughs> It's like, hey, kids, eat all this candy and then throw it up watching kids. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yep. Yep. Uh, What else do you got, Michelle? Well, you're talking about slowing songs down. And that reminded me of something when I was very small, because most, most of what we heard came on vinyl. Records on the wrong speed. Records on the wrong speed upset me <laughs> extremely. I, I would cry. I mean, I could not handle records on the wrong speed. It really bugged me. So fast forward a few years, and Mike's watching Twin Peaks, <laughs> and David Lynch slows down uh, American Woman by Muddy Magnolias, and I am out of the room. Bye! <laughs> well, even the... Twin Peaks theme song by yes, yes was really really creepy yeah mm-hmm. and spooky. <laughs> no, and, you know, my, my uh, record player the uh, the band on it got stretched out when I was in the middle of listening to the Labyrinth soundtrack and actually it was like you know this is pretty cool actually <laughs> David Bowie sounds awesome slowed down <laughs> wow and flutter to the nth degree. <laughs> The uh, I could definitely see that though, and I could definitely see where that would that would freak you out. Well, and you don't like the scene in two thousand one where the, the computer's slowing down the voice. Well, the leader. computer's just creepy anyway. Right, of course. <laughs> um, uh, I have to mention also that one of my favorite tracks. Uh, this is an oldie, but a goodie is uh, is a Disney related, which also features a lot of like cool. Spooky music, but the one that I appreciate the most is uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts, which is basically the theme to the Haunted Mansion uh, by uh, Buddy Baker. Hmm. Um, that's a that's a very cool track, and and the I don't know who wrote the the actual like theme, the organ theme of the Haunted Mansion, but that is one that stays with me as well. So those are those are things that I have to I usually listen to at this at this at this stage. But, I have um, to. I have to throw in, uh, I know I mentioned them before, but I just mentioned them in passing. I have to throw in that the Misfits, I think, mm. were one of the first bands that really took what Alice Cooper did 
to a, a different place. Like they took what he had started and ran with it and took it in kind of a, a, a different direction. And even though I'm not crazy about their recordings, I think a lot of their songs when performed by other people turned out to be really good. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's the misfits. And then when I think oh, about Halloween all- is theirs, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes, which is obviously an anthem around this time of year as well. Mm-hmm. And when I think about all of the bands that they inspired, uh, my favorite of those are the Creep Show out of Canada, who did, mm-hmm. who did an amazing cover version. of Halloween, uh, and Calabrese. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are are just two more modern, and I, you know, both of them have been around for more than ten years at this point. I think. Um, but both of those are two modern bands that are doing sort of punk and rockabilly versions of uh, the the horror theme stuff um, more in the beginning of their careers than now. They've sort of branched both bands have branched out more. But um, I really enjoyed their early campy horror uh, songs. Mm-hmm. So The Creep Show and Calabrese. I love it when bands that aren't horror do a horror song, like we were saying before, kind of like Michael Jackson doing Thriller and, mm-hmm. and or Backstreet Boys doing everybody, the music video for everybody. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, I love that kind of stuff. And I guess even most recently, I could not stand the song and the performance was both awesome and awesomely terrible at the same time. But Nicki Minaj doing that whole exorcism at the grammys for her song roman holiday that was so awesomely bad and awesome it was just so cool seeing an exorcism at the at the grammys wow. i don't know if you saw that but I, it was I, so I, badly done and but at, at the same time it was awesome i, I completely missed it the look on Mike's face. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's so awkward. It's you could tell the whole audience was like, "What are we watching? This is this is not the place for this, Nikki." <laughs> wow. Uh, and you, know, you? you got another one, Mike? Oh, of course. You know, you know, going with you know a band that you know you don't expect to pl- do like a scary or you know Weird Al did a great great song called Nature Trail to Hell. Love it, yeah. which is one of my favorites, and you know, and I it's it in three in three D, <laughs> and it is it is just awesome when you have songs like that, and you know, having fun. They had fun with the spookiness, and you know, and scary, and it's really awesome because you know, you even had like you've talked about TV themes that were spooky and scary, even the theme song like the Lost. You know, where it was like, you know, and everything. Where the X-Files. Like- yeah. I'm not going to do that again. You had your one chance. People can rewind it. Yeah, of course. Oh, please. Everyone rewinds so much on the show. But yeah. And it is, there's just so much. But, you know, but a fun spooky, you know, is the original Scooby-Doo theme. Oh, yeah. There we go. You know, Scooby-Doo, where are you? You know, and that was just to me, that's that's one of my favorites. And, oh, and know. the monsters in the Adams family. Oh, oh exactly. Yeah. You know, or you know, or the snapping. You know, you cannot not snap to that song. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely not. 
Um, I definitely want to get on uh, get this out there because uh, Ricky, I know you've wrote and performed a couple of of songs I would definitely put in this category: uh, "Man Made Monster" and "Saturday Midnight Double Feature." What would you what when you in, are inspired by those songs? What was it about that that you wanted to capture? Um, Saturday Midnight Double Feature. I can tell you specifically, we had been on tour for about a year uh, and I had been basically making the band listen to Calabrese's album, the traveling vampire show nonstop for a year. Um, And we did a lot of driving Uh (laughs) and uh, I loved that album. I, I don't know how Bambi and JJ felt about it when we started, but I, I think by the end, they probably didn't like it as much as I did. Oh, I still liked it. I thought it was good. But uh, when I wrote Saturday Midnight Double Feature, I specifically wrote that song because I thought I love the Traveling Vampire Show so much that I want to play one of these songs or a song like this every night. And uh, Mike, as you know, (laughs) (laughs) I play that song, whether I'm playing with Radio Cult or Possum Kingdom Ramblers or whoever will let me play it. Yeah. Not only does he play it almost every night with every band he's in, he it's also appeared on like almost every album that you guys have (laughs) Yeah, I believe at this point. It's been on something like five albums. Hey, I worked on harmonies so we can uh, do a different version. Yeah. <laughs> we can do but um, I, I loved doing the video for that song. Yeah. We, we had such an amazing time. It was such an amazing experience. And of all the videos that we've worked on, and many of them will never see the light of day. Uh, <laughs> I think that one was the best overall experience and final product. And we've done, we've done other videos where we had a great time shooting them. And then we saw them and we're like, no one's ever going to see this. <laughs> and we've done other videos that came out great, but there were problems getting there. But uh, Saturday Midnight Double Feature, the people that we worked with were absolutely amazing and we have mm-hmm. to we have to mention ormond grimsby for just yep i mean he didn't even know us and he just bent over backwards to make everything happen yeah. when all i had initially asked him for was to do a quick little few second intro and he ended up doing everything i mean he even yeah, let us sets and everything he let us shoot on his set for his show he did a he was a horror movie host and he even uh, found the exterior locations for us. And he came out to one of our shows and shot some footage there. Just it, it, we had such a great time and we ended up getting along with him so well that that entire experience is easily one of the, one of the things that I think about when I think, you know, there are some days when things are going really badly and you think, why do I do this? That's one of the things that I remember and think, okay, this is why I do this. The experiences like that are why I do this. So not only do I, I love playing that song, but we had such an amazing experience with the video that I just have all positive memories uh, for everything associated with it. 
Are there, and because you guys have played a lot of uh, holiday around the uh, different holidays, when you play a Halloween show, is there songs that are like must, must include this in the set list? Well, we do the Misfits song Halloween. Yeah. Uh, that's one that we throw in. We do like the Creep Show's version, though. Yeah. Which is different, but <laughs> similar. But it's, it's, it's very still, similar. Yeah, it's similar. Yeah. It's the same song. It's just a slightly different version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do our own Man Made Monster and Saturday Midnight Double Feature. Um, but we really, it, it just depends so much on the show. Yeah, the audience. Because you'd be surprised sometimes the the crowd will there'll be a theme. It feels like that year of what's popular for people come dressed at, dressed as, and if mm. I don't know, we might appeal to that costume. Right, and and I was going to say so often we're hired for Halloween because the venue's theme is eighties. Yeah, and so even though I'm thinking, great, we're doing a Halloween show, we can you know play all these different songs. It's like well, we can sneak in a few, but really we're showing up to be an 80s band and the Halloween theme is everybody's dressed 80s and so we play Mm -hmm. 80s music. Gotcha. Which is still an amazing good time because doing an 80s show for people who are dressed in 80s costumes is a very different experience than doing the same show to people who are just dressed in their everyday clothes. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That no, makes sense. exactly. Or, you know, if you think about it, you know, one of the best, one of the favorite things I used to do for Halloween growing up when I got like from 17 on, we used to go for Halloween, uh, Rocky Horror. Yeah. Oh, right. oh yeah. 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 And Horror. it was always great to do. Yeah. And, you know, the first time I was 17 years old, we went down to Georgetown and we went to the Key Theater and it was awesome. You know, I had I had seen like the time warp on like Friday night videos or something mm-hmm. like that. But I had no I was nowhere near prepared for Frankenfooter, you know, when he comes <laughs> out doing sweet transvestite. I was just like, you know, it, it was it was just Awesome. For those listening, his jaw just dropped. Yeah, exactly. My jaw was on the floor. And now, it, I, was, it was great. As a bit of a side note, I feel so bad for people growing up now who see it at home yeah. oh. on, on video. That's the yeah. first time I saw it. Was, I, was, uh, I was thinking was the same theater. thing. Because when you, when you go in the theater and you have no idea what you're about to experience. Because uh-huh. that's the way I saw it uh, in Harvard Square back in the day. I hadn't. I mean, I'd heard a reputation, but I didn't know anything oh, yeah. about what the movie was about, or really. And so you just go, and the crowd is is insane, and everybody's got like props and they're bringing. Oh, and, dude! They know, used to have a motorcycle come down the center when Eddie came wow. out of the ice. Yeah, yeah. And, everything. and it's, it was it's awesome. Just, it's an experience, and it's an event uh, more than it is just going to see a movie. Oh, yeah. exactly. You know, Absolutely. and it is just, it is awesome. And everyone gets into it. Everyone knows to bring the newspaper, bring toast, bring, you know, mm-hmm. but people went overboard, brought eggs and crap like that, you know, okay. but, or, or squirt guns filled with stuff, which we're not going to even mention, you know, for the, <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, it was always, it was always awesome. I took William when he turned 18 to go see it at 
downtown Atlanta. And he was so embarrassed because I was starting to yell at the screen for, you know, when the lips came up. But then other people started doing it. And he was like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> it was like, because he was like, dad, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> who, who does the uh, Atlanta show? Is it, is it, is it down on Dixie? No, it's uh, uh, lips over Dixie. Lips mm-hmm. over disc, Dixie. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. They do, they do such job. an amazing job. Yeah. I don't know if they're, you know, doing it this month. But if they are, you need to catch it at some point. Um, also, uh, locally here in the Atlanta area, if you have a chance, I don't know what their um, their performance schedule is, but if you have a chance to see our good friends, the Casket Creatures, mm-hmm. they're perfect this time of year. Uh, a band I recently discovered uh, right before pandemic was called is called the Tomb Tones. They're local and they're oh. amazing. They played at Dragon Con. And uh, and I definitely recommend uh, everybody check those out too. Um, I, know, I know another band for you, that you like, Mike, that you've seen is what? Here comes the mummies. Oh yeah, oh, they're they're great. So and, and they are playing yeah. right before Halloween up in uh, Fulham, T- Tennessee, at the Caverns. Yeah, I saw that. They and are amazing. They I, are their awesome. looks, their looks, and their stage presence is really spooky. Their songs are. Just silly sexual and innuendo songs, <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're funky as hell. Like they, yes, are, they are one of the funkiest bands. Uh, but yeah, looks wise, you would definitely want them uh, to play at your Halloween gig. And the Caverns uh, is such a cool like venue for them. Oh, it's amazing the acoustics in that place, and just I just saw a concert over the weekend there, and it was just awesome and you know if you ever get a chance to see any show but to see the mummies there (laughs) that's just awesome because it's literally a cavern it's not you know it's not like oh we call ourselves the cavern but we're you know in the basement of some building or something no folks this is an hour and a half past chattanooga into the mountains and you basically are seeing a concert underground it is awesome. Yes. And on that note, to wrap everything up, uh, Michelle, any last thoughts about spooky music? Is there anybody we didn't mention? Anybody that de- it's somebody you can think of that we definitely, uh, that should, people should check out this time of year? No, but I'm just sitting here wondering why you haven't mentioned uh, Alfred Hitchcock's theme. Ah, well, that's another, that's another one of those, uh, those, you know, the March of the Marriott's Marriott's is one of those, uh, songs, a track again, that not meant to be spooky, but Alfred Hitchcock presents comes along and boom, makes it spooky. It's like, you know, it's like, they're just, it happens so many, you know, like anything that David Lynch touches, you know, he's like, Oh, blue velvet. That's a pretty romantic song. Let me put it in a movie. Oh, now it's creepy. That's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, Ricky and Bambi, anything we haven't mentioned yet or any other tracks or songs you could think of or artists? I, well, you want to go first? I have one just I, that I wish was on more Halloween lists, and that is Delilah by Tom Jones. Mm. Oh, it is such it, a dark song. It oh, is it's so awesome. <laughs> so I wish that was on more Halloween soundtracks. I am not going to argue. I have, you know, you can put Tom Jones on any one of my lists. So that's, oh, uh, that works. Thick about a day. Okay. Sorry. Um, all right. Uh, Mike. Oh, Ricky, did you have one? Yeah. Um, there's this song from a little known soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack is called Tiki Zombie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. oh and that's, that sounds interesting. And that is so hard a, to get. 
there's a song on there called uh, Bossa Nova Torquehuna. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be on everybody's playlist this Halloween. I agree. Tell us more, Mike. <laughs> well, you can definitely find that on Spotify. <laughs> um, you can find you it on Spotify. You can find it uh, wherever you find great music. And uh, yes, well, the Tiki Zombie soundtrack is one that I definitely wanted to have that that spirit that we've talked about with spookiness and a lot of fun to it. And, uh, you know, you guys were very helpful in bringing that across and I appreciate it so much. Uh, Mike, uh, lead us out, man. What's, what else, what, what's the last thing that people should put on their playlist? Oh dude, there's so much we could even touch on, but like one song that like, like puts the chills into me and it's by a gentleman. I think his name is Gary Jules. He did a remake of tears for fears. Song oh, yeah. Mad World. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And it is it's just it's just awesome. If you ever it's from the Donnie Darko soundtrack and yep. Haunting. Yeah. It is it's just amazing. And it's just like it will put it will put goosebumps on your arms. And you know, I love the Tears for Fears version. And but his version of it is just like you want to start like almost like tear your eyes out. You're, it's like you're so depressed after you hear it, and it's just like oh. But yeah, it is just awesome. Well, that is a perfect way to end this segment. Then for people to tear their eyes out and uh, yeah, exactly, they're, 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 they're well, so uh, depressed that our discussion has come to an end. Well, exactly. I didn't say I wouldn't say tear their ears out because I want them to continue listening to the rest of it. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, continue listening. They will because. Right now, we're going to switch over to the creative outlook. I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match it was a graveyard. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the first episode of Season 2 of The Great North. Season 2 of The Great North has started, and the first episode was a strong start to what looks like a really fun Season 2. The episode follows Judy and all of her emotions of getting her braces off, and that means she's growing up. We follow her being excited, scared, and just not wanting to grow up at all. We see her awkward interactions with her friends and everyone else around her, who are trying to also get her to sneak into a 21 and over club so that they can watch the open mic night. The B story, while all of this is going on, is the rest of the family messing around with their toaster that they got for a great price years ago at a sale. The toaster has decided to catch on fire and they need to get a new one. But the new one they got also catches on fire. They come to find out that they have the wrong plugs for the toaster, and it's sending too much power to the appliance. This side story was just as funny as the A story, and that seems to be an ongoing thing with this show. It's just really funny, and it does a great job of showing the awkwardness of living with your family and growing up. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? You'll have to listen to find out. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Now we're here with Travis Webb for the Creative Outlet segment. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Mike. Mike. So tell us about Starlight. Oh, Starlight's a little project I did with Brett Wadelli, who was one of the creators of Surrogates and Southland Tales. And uh, uh, Greg Smith 
who is the uh, uh, one of the creators of uh, uh, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. And it's a it's like we wanted to see what would happen if we took two kid superheroes that used to be you remember in the eighties that was popular to have kid superheroes and they'd be fighting Doctor Doom and stuff. So we want to see what happens if we took two kids superheroes and put them in high school and said, you don't get to be superheroes anymore. So the story of Power Pack is, you know, about growing up a superhero and then being told you don't get to be a superhero anymore. And you have to go back to normal life in normal high school. So, you know, that's really the premise. And then we uh, have them get kidnapped by spider wizards in space and they have to escape and figure out how to be superheroes again in order to save each other. Gotcha. As you do. Yeah, you know, as you do. Uh, the best part is, you know, they were at a rave the night before because, you know, as teenagers, you know, they have that child star thing going on. So they're getting wasted. And one of the characters is still really wasted when they get kidnapped, trying to deal with being wasted and dealing with transdimensional spider wizards. Wow, I hate that. Uh, yeah. I hate that when that happens. Um, <laughs> this is issue four, right? Yeah. Of a continuing yeah, along. Are are the stories uh, individually separate, or are they linked all together? Yeah, it's one long arc uh, from one through seven. There'll be seven issues that we've already completed writing. Uh, you know, to tell the tale of uh, re- you know re- reconstructing two deconstructed heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of deconstructing the hero, we took a deconstructed se- two deconstructed heroes and said, "How do we reconstruct them and make them superheroes worthy of comic books again?" And- <laughs> of course. And uh and uh I do see that um of course, you know, for those people who are new to the series, they can get caught up pretty quick. Yeah, it's been a great ride. You know, we've uh, added a lot of people to the team that are kind of titans because they love the story so much. So we've added like Ron Randall, Lee Moyer, uh Tom Ozenchowski is our letterer now, and we're the only book he does that's not like Todd McFarlane or Chris Claremont. Yeah. Uh nice. the indie book he does. Because he just loves the story. He read the whole book and was like, hey, I'd like to be the letterer. So he joined us. That's really cool. And, and, and I see now, technically, you've already met your goal, um, your Kickstarter goal. But as we like to remind people, that doesn't mean that uh, if you want to make sure you get this book and all the rewards it entails that are offered here, uh, jump on this. Because um, uh, it's uh, only going to be around for a limited time, right? Yeah, it's until uh, October 18th. You know, and, you know, these Kickstarter versions are on really premium paper, high cost printer. You know, it's a very small run. And they're, this is the only time it'll be released in this format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are uh, a couple of the other rewards you want people to know about that are that are limited that they can they can grab? Well, we have a uh, we have three other alternative or very uh, covers. One is done by Mary. Oh, man, I'm going to blow up Mary's last name. I cannot pronounce it correctly. Uh, she's a My Little Pony artist. Uh, we have a Ron Randall cover, uh, that, you know, who's done Star Wars, Wonder Woman, you name it. Ron Randall's been around forever. Uh, True Titan. And uh, we have a, a cover by Piku Piku because one of the characters is a raver. In fact, sometimes we call it ravers in space as a joke. <laughs> uh, uh, Piku Piku Kuma, who is a rave artist, who does rave art and furry art for that community. And they joined us to give us three very variant covers uh, that all the characters, if they were in reality, would would like to see. Nice. I like that. I like that the the covers are inspired by characters in the book. Um, very cool. Well, transdimensional spider wizards. Um, that should be enough for everybody out there. Like that. I mean, but the premise is really cool, and the art is is fantastic. Looking at this, it's like it's gorgeous. 
you know, they make movies based on Brett's books, and that's why. Yeah. His books look like you're reading a movie. You know, he understands interiors and color probably with the best in the world. So, uh, so we'll have a link in our show notes directly to the Kickstarter so people can check it out immediately. Is there any other links or anything else that uh, you want to be aware of, of uh, people to find out more about you, about the creative team online? Uh, well, you can find me at WebWorks, W-E-B-B-W-E-R-X, on any social media. And you can find Starlight, S-T-A-R-L-I-T-E, on any Starlight, uh, any social media just using Starlight or Starlight Comic. And Greg Smith's Greg Smith, anywhere on social media. You know, and Brett Waddelli is Brett Waddelli on any social media. So, you know, we're all there. We're all wanting to have you join us and go along for the ride to see these two kid superheroes try to find themselves again. Awesome. Well, it looks like a fun ride. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. This has been a fun one, talking about some spooky stuff, some scary stuff, and some stuff that was just right out silly. So it was pretty cool. It was a great time. Let's thank our guests for being here. Of course, Ricky and Bambi, thank you so much as always. Thank you for having us. It's always great to chat with you, my friends. Anything you need to promote? Any upcoming shows or anything? We actually have a Halloween kind of thing at Galactic Quest in Buford on October 30th. Oh, nice. Yes, it'll be a Ricky so, and Bambi acoustic with guests. I think Joel Beaver's coming down, and I can't remember the third. CJ, CJ. from the band Scarlet Saturn. Ah, Scarlet Saturn, yeah. Nice, and so that's going to be on a Saturday night, so that's even yes. more fun. So and, you don't have to worry Buford about getting up for work the next morning. Oh, awesome. And it won't even be too late. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So you could go trick-or-treating still after. Mm-hmm. That is even better. Cool. So that's cool that you guys are doing that. And other than that, do you have stuff f- before that or anything over into November or anything? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Where we're, it's like we're in South Carolina a whole lot. We're in Houston after that. What's that? Uh, well, next weekend we're doing a, a show with oh, that's right, yeah, yes, South Carolina. We're doing a learning account, Radio Cult, and Never Mind the Bleach. And wow. King Nothing, which so it's Radio Cult, and then a Ramones tribute band, a Nirvana tribute band, and a Metallica tribute band, and it's a benefit to raise money for the owners of shelter dogs for veterans. Their house and they, they train service dogs, like mostly for veterans. That's their specialty. It's a nonprofit organization, but their house burned down over Thanksgiving wow. weekend, and. They just, they've been struggling. And so it's a benefit to try to help them recoup some of the. Oh, loss. that's awesome. That is awesome that they're, you guys are doing that for them and everything. It's not awesome that their house burnt down, but yeah. it's, but it's very cool that you guys are helping them out and doing the benefit for that. And where is it located in South Carolina? And is there any way that we can help or advertise it? 
Uh, it's at Skyline Club on, I have to look at the calendar, October, where's my calendar? <laughs> it's Sunday, October 10th. What was, what you said? And it's in West Columbia, South Carolina. Um, there is an event for it on Facebook. Um, if you go to Radio Colts page or Learning to Counts page, there should be, it should say Fire Benefit if you look in the events. Or Skyline Club, that's in there. And if you want to donate online, I think think there's a link i want to say in the event page where you can donate 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 <laughs> that's the big word donate 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 and look at shelter dogs for veterans on facebook and donate directly that way if you want to you know bypass everybody else you can donate on their page directly to directly them. to them yeah that's fantastic guys thank you guys so much for everything you guys do and of course Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you for doing the music column. Thank you for doing the segments each week on Earth Station One. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's awesome. Thank you for letting me. Hey, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? No. Okay. <laughs> I can't think of a thing. Well, I know we're going to go see a concert on Friday. That's true. We are. We're going to see the two surviving members of the Monkees. That's oh, right. Symphony Hall. That's right. We're going to see Mike and Mickey. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So they'll leave all the other singing parts blank. So they'll just be singing. (laughs) We'll fill them in. We'll fill it in. There'll be a giant (laughs) sing along, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that'd be very cool. So yeah, that should be a lot of fun and it's going to be great to go with you and Mike. So it should be fun. And Mr. Mike Gordon. Thank you, thank you, my friend. We had a great time up in South Carolina this last weekend. We did at South Carolina Comic-Con. And uh, doing that and doing this show, of course, is always my pleasure. Excellent. Anything you want to shout out about, my friend? I do. I mean, we're talking about things that are going to happen in this weekend. And I have to mention that Monsterama and SpyCon combination of a a convention is happening in uh, the Marriott, uh, Marriott Alpharetta, I believe. Yes. And um, uh, we, Mike and I will be there. Uh, I am helping out with uh, the SpyCon programming. So uh, we have got a lot of great guests, a lot of great discussions. Um, and I really look forward to it uh, a lot. We, you know, Mike and I believe in this con- convention, uh, even though we're worn out from doing Dragon Con still and uh, South Carolina, we're still going to be there. Um, all, uh, I'll be there all three days. Um, and, uh, Mike will be there two days. We'll be doing some panels together and, uh, we'll be doing some panels apart. So check us out. Yes, very much so. Including a future episode of Earth Station One will be recorded live. Yes. Yes. The next countdown to Halloween episode. Exactly. That'll be, that's on Saturday at what time, Mike? Uh, Saturday, I believe it's at 10. Uh, I don't know the schedule in front of me though. Yes. Yeah, so so if you're check. up in that morning, up early that in the morning and want to hear us talk about Anne Rice's interview with a vampire, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. It is the 45th anniversary of that novel. God, I can't believe it's been that long for that book, but you know, so crazy. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy. Um, some different stuff that I got to touch on real quick. Um, Judy and I have been doing music again and we've been going to start, starting to see some concerts and pretty much October is our month of concerts. And, you know, we've already, we did two concerts this last weekend. We did, we got to go see, um, the smithereens on Friday night and 
And it was actually kind of cool because for those who don't know, the Smithereens was an 80s band and their lead singer passed away actually in 2017. So they've had different lead singers and this time they had the artist Marshall Crenshaw being their lead singer. And it was a lot of fun to hear them play the songs and to be, you know, out in basically a parking lot and they were put had a big stage set up and it was it was a ton of fun to do and then uh the caverns which we spoke about earlier where you know the mummies are going to be playing later this month uh one of my favorite bands the dead south actually played at the caverns in Felham, tennessee and they actually simulcast it so while we were at our hotel in south carolina we were actually able to watch the concert and it was actually neat to see and we've seen them live a couple times and they're another great band. Um, this next week, we're going to go see, of course, the Monkees with Mike and Michelle and the two remaining members. And it should be a ton of fun. And then um, after that, we're going to be doing, I think, tour, I think the 23rd, we're supposed to go see the, I think it's called the Strand Old Opry. And they're doing the music of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, wow. And it's going to be a ton of fun to see that. And then I think the 30th, the night Ricky and Bambi are playing, we're going to be down at the Fox Theater and we're going to go see the Avert Brothers. Mm. And they're they're doing um, two shows. They're doing on the 30th and they're doing also a Halloween show on the 31st. But we didn't want to leave our dogs alone on, the ho- on Halloween and having them go nuts when the kids were ringing the doorbells and everything. So it was – it was it was a you know big decision on that one, but what I'm going at is just go see artists like Ricky and Bambi. Go see all these different venues. There's so many artists that are going out now and going out and trying to perform again. And some places are being safer than others. Some places not so safe. But you know that's neither here nor there. Where I'm going with it is go support live music, folks. These people need all the help they can get you know it's you know they they don't make money off their cds anymore or their downloads it's all about touring right now and merchandise and so folks go see the live music it is worth it and you know we got music going into november that we're going to go see and we've missed going to see live music there's something special about the energy about the power of seeing live music it could be a small garage band all the way to these big monster bands you know it's just fun being with people who are fans of the music and who when you they have a song that you like or their songs that you are discovering for the first time it's just amazing to do folks live music is something that's been passed on generation to generation and please go check it out there's tons and tons of it all around you even probably closer than you could even guess so it's a lot of fun and you know just have a good time with it. And speaking of a good time, we are going to be back again next week, and we are looking at a movie review again, a brand new movie, and we're going to have to go to the movie theaters to go see this. We are going to have to go see James Bond, folks. 007 himself is coming back, hopefully not for the last time. Yeah, right. <laughs> James Bond will be coming, living longer than I'll be around. So, yep, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about No Time to Die, the new James Bond film, the last Daniel Craig movie as James Bond. So should be a lot of fun. So check us out then. And, you know, 
Folks, we want to thank you guys for listening to our show. Thanks for everyone who stopped by the table or discovered us up in South Carolina. It's always a treat to talk to new people, and it's always a treat to see friends and folks who you recognize from past cons or who other friends who have tables and stuff like that. It's just it's just great to be able to do that and get out. It's almost like you're coming back alive again. So pretty cool when you're talking about the undead. It's pretty cool to do that kind of stuff. But remember, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music. Please subscribe and tell all your friends. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Michelle Borg, Ricky and Bambi, thanks for listening, and we will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Please stay safe, hug your loved ones, and if you get a chance, please get vaccinated. We really, really would appreciate it, because we want to see all of you out there sometime. Talk to you soon. Peace, and we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.